It's time for Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Kathy, Carrie, and Marley. Hello, friends, and welcome to Love Talk. You have found the Love Ladies right here on KTXW 101.1 FM and 1120 AM, The Bridge, Austin. I am Coach Carrie Brinkater, and I'm so grateful that you are joining us today here on Love Talk. We have such a great program for you today. We're kind of doing some community updates today and discussing the importance of prayer as we um Approach the Governor's Prayer Breakfast and the National Day of Prayer. And we also are going to be speaking with our good friend Jeremy Story. But before that, I have to introduce my beautiful co-host, Marlene McMichael. Good morning, Marlene. How are you? I am good. Good morning. It's great to see you. Um, we're in studio today um, with our good friend Jim McGee, and we're going to chat with Jim McGee in just a few minutes as well. Um, we're without Kathy today. Uh, she's off gallivanting around, and she'll be back with us soon. But we have on the line our good friend Jeremy Story. We want to catch our audience up on some happenings that's going on with Jeremy. Jeremy, we met Jeremy, goodness, over a year ago, um, or about a year ago. And Marlene, give us a give us an update or give us an overview of what's going on with Jeremy's story. Right. Um, some of our listeners may remember we because Jeremy was on our show in October of last year, and he has been in the news really for over a year now because of. His issue with the Round Rock School Board, he is fighting for parental rights in our schools. And in August of night of 2021, but it was really, was it 21 or was it 22, Jeremy? Uh, 21. 21. Okay, so so it has been over a year. A year. Wow. Jeremy was forcibly removed from the Round Rock ISD school board meeting. And you ask why? I mean, that's, who, who does that? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but he asked the school board to delay a decision on hiring a superintendent who had a domestic violence restraining order filed against him. That seems logical. A parent might mm-hmm. be a little bit concerned about mm-hmm. a school superintendent who has apparently some sort of violent tendencies. Mm-hmm. Well, um, they... They school board didn't want to hear it, and so they had him removed by the the school police. And then a month later, the school board arrested him in his home in front of his children. Jeremy rightfully and bravely has sued the, in federal court for a violation of his constitutional rights. Well, this week or was monumental mm-hmm. in that Jeremy was finally able to plead his case before a federal uh, judge. So, Jeremy, can you give us an update? What happened? Yeah, welcome. Yeah, we've been working for quite a while to get into federal court. We're thankful for the judge we've got. He seems to be um, a good judge and has a long case history, especially in the arena of free speech. So, yeah, we did uh, get a chance to go before him this uh, this week uh, for a for a preliminary hearing because uh, because basically he was trying he's, – he's making decisions on what parts of the case, if any, to dismiss. The school district, in essence, has responded to our lengthy lawsuit by trying to do whatever they possibly can to see any part of the case uh, dismissed. Um, and so they've spent, I would say, well over $100,000 based upon their own reports that they've put out to the public – uh, just in filing uh, dismissal motions in order to try to keep this as much as possible out of the disclosure phase where you can begin to subpoena and gather information and and take depositions from people. So what, yeah, what parts of the, um, of the case are they trying to dismiss, Jeremy? Is that classified or can you tell us? No, no, yeah. I mean, in fact, the case is, uh, you can find it at the website that we put up, uh, riseforstudents.org, R-I-S-E-F-O-R, students.org. People can read the entire case. We encourage them to. There's nothing we are trying to hide whatsoever. Now, the school district is trying to hide all kinds of things. We're not. Uh, we've been very, very clear. In fact, that's why I got in trouble because I was exposing the fact that they were um, they were um, hiding uh, a very bad thing that the superintendent had done, and they were collaborating with him on it. And when I tried to uh, bring that up in my public comments as a public safety issue um, during a resolution we were debating about public safety, I uh, used it as an empirical example to say they didn't really care about public safety. When I did that is when they uh, had the police yank me literally off the public comment stand. So it is my mm-hmm. exposure of their malfeasance, 
is their motivation for viewpoint discrimination, which is a violation of the First Amendment, uh, and then subsequent arrest, which is a violation of the 14th and Fourth Amendments. And so um, they retaliated against me with uh, by filing false affidavits uh, that are just patently false compared to the video. Um, and then the, the sheriff of Williamson County used those false affidavits to arrest me. And so, yes, this judge was trying to do that. And th- in terms of is the case large, yes. The judge commented that most cases, you know, might have a filing of about 20 pages. Uh, our filing was 70 pages. Um, and so the district is trying, and we're suing not just the district, but we're suing each board member individually. We're suing the police chief of the school district who is a part of this issue individually. We're suing the assistant police chief individually, a variety of officers individually, uh, as well as all of them in their official capacity. So that puts a lot of defendants on the on the, the, the suit, and the school district is trying to do whatever they can to get any of those defendants out of the suit. Now, what's interesting, mm-hmm. and I'll stop here and, and just like, ask some more questions, is that many of the people that we have in our suit have since resigned, retired, moved on, whatever. In fact, um, 14 of the top administrators for the district in the last you know year and a half to two years have uh, – in one way or another, left the district, resigned, retired. You know, they use all different terms, but um, it's our uh, belief that that a, a lot of it is related to either the superintendent's actions that they don't like or that they were directly involved in this. So, for example, the police chief, the assistant police chief, who we are asserting in our case, absolutely were involved in this. Both of them have re- resigned and retired, moved on to other things, you know. Mm-hmm. And so um, uh, that's where we're at. You said that you were arrested by the sheriff it- so that's the Williamson County Sheriff? That's correct, yeah, um, because thankfully um, the school district police are just, you know, run by the school district, and thankfully they cannot um, uh, arrest you at your home. Um, although the school board did try about, I don't know, six months or so after my incident, they actually tried to pass a policy that would have allowed the school police, believe it or not, to patrol beyond the school district, just i.e. your house. They could come to your house. Um and they also, at the same time, tried to pass a resolution that would uh, make it against the rules to film any school employee. Because, see, I had filmed them, uh, and that's part of the reason why they're caught, because a lot of people had filmed them, and we have all that video. Well, they literally tried to pass a resolution that you couldn't film, and then secondly, that um, the police could patrol beyond the school district boundaries. But thankfully, that did not pass. Um, and no, they cannot uh, – the school district police themselves cannot come to your home. So they leveraged the Williamson County Sheriff's Office to come to my house. And uh, not only my house, but another gentleman named Dustin Clark, who is a, a former, a retired former uh, Army captain, Gold Star Army captain. And, and when they went to my house that day, 30 days after this original incident, they also went to his house simultaneously in some sort of sting operation, like we were you know, public enemy number one. They sent two cars to his house, two cars to mine, so four cars. Um, simultaneous arrest. And what's interesting is for 29 days after this original incident, they did nothing on my case. It wasn't as if the school district was investigating or processing. In fact, I had filed a complaint, and their police uh, refused, told me via email they, they would not investigate. On day 29, because the school district was basically trying to stuff all of this, um, uh, they, uh, basically they received a formal grievance from me. Uh, which I had actually filed earlier than day 29, but they had told me that it got lost in their, quote, spam filter. So when they finally acknowledged that I had filed a formal grievance against the district on day 29, it was day 30 uh, that they, sometime in the morning through through that afternoon, not only wrote up these false affidavits, not only got a warrant from the, a magistrate, um, but also mobilized the sheriff's office. All of that happened within a day, less than a day, because they're at my house, and Dustin's house at 4:30 on a Friday that mm. same that same day, day 30. So mm. out of nowhere, day 30, we became public enemy number one. But it just so happened to be one day after I filed a formal grievance against them. Wow. So basically, break this down for because um, we don't have a lot of time left. But for the for the average person, mm-hmm. what you went to do in a public comment time was say hey, let's wait a minute and reconsider the hiring of this superintendent. I think uh, you said his name was Mr. Hale? No. And his uh, name is Hafed Azaid. Hafed Azaid. No, no, no. I'm talking oh. about the other man who was arrested. Oh. 
Oh, his name is Dustin Clark. Clark. Yeah. To answer okay. your question, I think it's a, a very – go ahead. Well, but his, his uh, comment before the board that caused him to be removed was different, right? It was, yeah. It was at a different date. Okay. Um, about, I want to say, 15 days after that original incident. Mm. But, you know, for our concerned citizens out there, our concerned parents, um, you know, you you have taken this a step further because you filed the grievance. And, and um, but for, for a concerned parent, how would you encourage them to get involved with their school board and with what's going on with our education system right now? And give them a little encouragement as far as, you know, it's okay to stand up and you know what, this is what we need to do to do what's right by our kids. Yeah, and I, and I want to answer the other question, too, because sure. they go hand in hand. What is the case ultimately about? Yeah. It's about um, – no, in, in, the, in the time when I stood up to speak out, I had already come to a prior meeting and asked them to delay the hire of the superintendent, and they went ahead and hired him anyway. The time that they actually pulled me off the stand was the second time I'd ever spoken, and I was not speaking about them not hiring the superintendent. I was speaking about them covering up the fact mm-hmm. that the superintendent had threatened his pregnant mistress – with violence, and then, and then tried to uh, carry out that threat. Mm-hmm. That's how bad it was. He mm-hmm. basically had threatened to abort his own child with his own hand, and then he showed up at her house with intent, it seemed, to do that and, and roughed her up and yelled at her and all these things. And so that's the short version. I was exposing something that was a moral issue uh, that I uh, hold dear to as a, as a believer, you know, and uh, I didn't think that he should threaten a woman to for, try to force her to have an abortion, nor did I think he should then try to come over and do it himself. Mm-hmm. Um, when she was when she went to the school board for help, mm-hmm. and so uh, I was exposing that, and I was exposing the fact that the super the school board knew that he had received a, um, a protective order for family violence at the district headquarters, and yet we're sitting there pretending like he hadn't debating a security resolution. Right? right. It just didn't. It was. And so that's what I was doing. So the, in the in the essence of this, to answer the first part of your question, then I'll roll really fast fast to the second part. It is a free speech case and a right to redress your government. Can you as a parent or anyone in our culture go to their government, go to the, the school board meetings, the city council, and expect to speak their mind when, when there's malfeasance by public officials and say, this isn't right in my school. You shouldn't have been able to do that. This is wrong. And do so in a country like ours it has a First Amendment, a freedom, that without fear that you're going to be put in jail, that, that the, the school district is going to use their public relations arm against you, that that uh that that you could be pulled off the stand because they don't like what you're saying, you know that's called viewpoint discrimination. It's a violation of the First Amendment, and it, it and the First Amendment is the First Amendment for a reason, the right to free exercise of religion, right to freedom of speech, because almost because all of our other rights are based on it. Um, if you can't speak out about wrongs or rights being violated, for example, if you can't freely exercise your religion. Our founders understood that that was the basis of all other rights. Mm-hmm. And so um, that is why that's what's at stake in this case is can parents go to school board meetings and expect to uh, speak to these school boards without threat of reprisal? And of course, we see across the country in our state even where this is the opposite is happening. Officials are using their power, in particular these school boards, many times to silence parents whom they disagree with and to up, uphold and increase the voices of parents whom they do agree with. And this is not okay. So my encouragement to parents is, in our country, you have a right to speak. That doesn't mean you can go and yell and threaten. That's not what we're saying. But you should have a right to speak. And we in our state need to understand, as the legislature is meeting, that we can pass a million laws. But if no one enforces those laws, if no one's willing to stand up and call out these officials when they violate the laws that are passed, then they will just continue to do so. And so we as believers need to be bold and courageous and we need to, but yet at the same time, you know, not not like threatening people, but bold and courageous to say call a spade a spade when something is wrong. And for far too long in the church, we have confused just general nicety with godliness. That is not the same. We worship a Jesus who not only met with the woman at the well and had grace in that situation, or the woman who was about to be stoned, he had grace, which we should have. But we also worship the Jesus who stormed the temple and turned over tables to say that this was not right, that they were abusing these pilgrims who were coming to the temple uh, and trying to make money off them. That is the same Jesus. And so there must be a balance 
It's also the same God who sent prophets to the Jewish folks and then later to the Gentiles to say, what you're doing is wrong, turn to a different way. Mm -hmm. So there is a way to both be gracious and also be prophetic. And as believers, we cannot just say, oh, we should always be kind and gracious, or we should always be prophetic and, and call things out. No, the Lord will give us moments where we do both. And that is the Lord we serve. It's a, it's a, a broader perspective. And for far too long as believers in our country, because we have been so blessed with freedom, we have begun to believe that if there is ever any pushback by the government, the problem must be with the person who they pushed back on. Mm. Because for so long, mm-hmm. for decades and centuries, we've been able to trust our government to some degree to allow people to speak out. And so we've kind of, you know, if you were in China, the church doesn't feel like if somebody gets arrested in some house church somewhere, that it must be their fault. But I think sometimes the church in our country does, because we don't, we, we still think we're living in an age where the government is always our friend. And right. unfortunately, the government is being weaponized against us. And we need to not be rebels, that's not what I'm saying, but we need to be wise as serpents, but yet innocent as doves. That's exactly what Jesus told us to do. I think that's a a great ending, Jeremy. Wise as serpents and innocent as doves and be bold and courageous. Jeremy, thank you for being bold and courageous. Thank you for standing up for um, and believing in truth and and following God's conviction on your life. Um, Keep us posted, Jeremy. We have to take a break. Uh, But thank you so much for calling in today, Jeremy. We'll talk to you soon. And please tell everyone to go to riseforstudents.org. We yep. do. We are working to raise money for the case because I don't have the funding to fund all this. And so uh, people can make donations there. They're tax deductible. A hundred percent of those go straight into the case. Not a dime goes to anything else. Okay. And so love for people to go to riseforstudents.org and uh, consider making a donation. All right, cool. Thanks, Jeremy. All right, we'll talk to you Thank soon. You. Listening okay, friends, bye-bye. we'll be back with you on Love Talk right after this. Okay. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Love Talk. You're here with the Love Ladies. I'm Coach Carrie Brinkader in studio with my beautiful co-host, Marlene McMichael. Marlene, it was great to get a – it's a different way for us to start our program. We don't normally just, I, you know, start off with a bang like yeah. that. <laughs> hot, hot off the press. Hot off news. the press. Yes. News, news. Read all about it. Well, um, but that was great. I, I love that we're getting community updates at this point because our, our community is getting to know us. And so we're we're thankful that Jeremy Story called in with just, you know, honestly, an update about his case, um, but some encouragement, too, for parents um, that, you know what, we do need to be bold in how and when we look at situations and we see something that we know is not godly and is not right, that we speak up. That we have courage um, because sometimes that's hard it because we hard. know there's going to yeah. be pushback. Well, and the other thing is I think parents need to be uh, challenged to be involved in their students uh, or their kids' education. Yes. And not just assume that everything is is you know, what it was in 1950 and, <laughs> uh, and that they are true, but but really get involved and find out what, what they're teaching in your schools. Absolutely. It's and definitely not the same as it used to be. Right, right. <laughs> and that voice that you that you listening friends just heard was our good friend, Jim McGee. Um, we've had Jim McGee on the program several times. Marlene, go ahead and introduce Jim and then we'll we'll backtrack a little bit. All right. Well, Jim McGee is is uh, a very young, 74 years old. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and he came to know Jesus at 12 years old, which is, to me, amazing to have lived a long life and walking with God. That's the way mm-hmm. it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, he's married to his wife, Vicki, of 53 years, and they're both lifetime Texans. They have children and grandchildren, but he is on full-time staff. Uh, with Campus Crusade, or was, for mm-hmm. 29 and a half years, almost 30. Yeah. And he's been on mission trips in eight different countries. He's working with the National Day of Prayer for 26 years. And he is the National Day of Prayer Coordinator at the Capitol and for also the Governor's State Prayer Breakfast. So he spends a lot of time getting us all organized and ready to pray. <laughs> so Hi, welcome, Jim. Jim. Thank you. It's always great to have you here. Um, we're so thankful for you and the work that you do. So we want to shift gears a little bit to a little a different 
community update. Um, National Day of Prayer is right around the corner, and uh, May the 1st will be our Governor's Prayer Breakfast. Uh, technically, the technical National Day of Prayer is Thursday, May the 4th. And so we always have the Governor's Prayer Breakfast the Monday before um, the National Day of Prayer, and we're so thankful for that. That's coming up. You can find, we will say this 10 times today, but you can find all of the details at ndpaustin.org. Let me slow that down. N-D-P, as in National Day of Prayer, ndpaustin.org, and you can find all of your details there. Um, So, Marlene, you know, as we talk about prayer, I know you personally have had some amazing prayer mentors in your life. And without fail, listening friends, every time I talk to Marlene, she talks about she's been praying about this. She's been praying about that. She's been seeking the Lord on this. She's been seeking the Lord on that. She's been a huge blessing to me. Um, She oozes prayer. Um, Our other co-host, Kathy Enderbrock, has written a whole Bible study on prayer. So I'm trying to catch up to them. (laughs) They are teaching me so many things. But Marlene, you've had some great mentors in your life. I I have. And one of the best was a lady by the name of Beth Alvis. The interesting thing to me was, uh, I have to confess, I took that for granted. Um, Mm. And I didn't realize how critical she was in the Christian movement until I went to Asbury. And one of the, you know, of course, they had prayer warriors around everywhere. People were always praying for what was happening at Asbury. And one of the ladies who I met there, who I literally saw walk across the auditorium, row by row, chair by chair, praying for every chair before the the final night of oh the event. Oh, my Now, Marlene's talking about going to Asbury College. She, she took a trip there just last month. Uh, well, I guess in March. Yes. Yes, in March, you took a trip there, and... Um, you you went for the for the revival that was well we went for the, for the 200th, 200th anniversary, anniversary of the yeah. collegiate day of prayer yes. but it happened to be where the revival yes. was happening yes. and so i was able to experience that and it was amazing but this lady that i was telling you about this prayer warrior said you were trained under beth alvis and i went yes and that was the Bible that she used. I mean, Beth wrote wow. a book called uh, A Mighty Warrior, and that has been rewritten multiple times. But the, the current title, I think, is Becoming a Prayer Warrior. Mm-hmm. But Beth, uh, that that's what she did. She was a prayer warrior, and she taught people how to pray. And what I, I think I want people to understand is that prayer is not calling, and, and Beth says this, I'm quoting her, <laughs> pray, she says that so many of us see prayer as nothing more than calling upon their heavenly butler for daily service or crying out to their heavenly lifeguard when they're drowning in their own circumstances. And that's not prayer. Prayer is a relationship. Will God save you in your drowning circumstances? Mm-hmm. Yes, he will. But he wants a relationship with you. And that's what's so important about prayer. That's how we get to know God. And he knows us. And we become one with him. And that it, it, that's just that's just everything. It's, prayer was a priority for Jesus. He considered it more important than rest or eating. Wow. He often went out alone to pray. Mm-hmm. He prayed with agonizing tears before the cross and he even chastised the apostles because they fell asleep and they weren't watching with him so Mm -hmm. the the issue is pray without ceasing (laughs) prayer is important national day of prayer is Mm -hmm. i believe its greatest uh impact is to remind us to pray and not just to pray one day a year, but pray for our nation uh, every day. Every, every day. day. Now, now, Jim, how did you get involved with? I, I, every time I see that number, I'm flabbergasted by it. You've been involved with National Day of Prayer for two decades now, um, two and a half decades now. How, how did you originally get involved with National Day of Prayer? Do you remember? <laughs> barely. I barely. Think, I think what happened was. I was involved in a, with Crusade, I was involved in a Christian business networking group 
Oh, okay. And guess who was a part of that? Miss Evelyn. Miss Evelyn. Okay. And so I, f- I started hearing about that, so I got involved because I was. That's part of what crusade does is prayer, and I started getting involved and helping and being a part of that, and just never stopped. Wow. Yeah. And so now you coordinate our governor's mm-hmm. prayer breakfast. Um, and uh, all the other events going around the area. Right. So, I mean, we have so much to talk about. Let's read our scriptures for today. First Timothy 2, 1 through 2. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and for all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. And Marlene, I feel like this may be your life verse, First First Thessalonians um, five uh, verses sixteen through eighteen. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Pray continually. Um, when I think about that, you know, I think about my mom and she would walk around and I would I would hear her kind of mumbling things sometimes, right? And she was praying um, just throughout her day. Um, and I I just find that so comforting and so peaceful. Um, and do you have a do you actually have a prayer closet in your house, Marlene? You just you just call it that. As a euphemism, yes. Okay. Yes, I have a I have a favorite chair. Okay. <laughs> the prayer but chair, the prayer chair, and uh, Teddy likes me to sit in that chair because then he he sits. Teddy's in my dog friends. Yes. <laughs> Teddy is my my puppy. No, that's not a sleepy chair. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh-uh. But he you gotta be to, careful with he that. Likes to right? Sit with me, but no, I, I and I do think. Praying continually is, um, and and when you say when you say that word, it 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 reminds me of um, a, an old time minister, Catherine Kuhlman, and some of you may know that name, some of you may not, but but look her up, and I I know that people just, and I never met her, she was before my time, but. Um, um, people describe her as that when she walked in the room, you felt the presence of the room change. Wow. And because she prayed continually, and that was what she was known uh, for, and mm. then also her, her ministry. But, mm. um, but yes, I mean, pray without ceasing. There's nothing that doesn't need prayer. Right. Well, one thing else that uh, I've learned over the years was you always bump into people or you're talking to people on the phone, and they say, oh, I'm having a tough time at work. Oh, my wife just got uh, diagnosed with cancer, my this and that. My kids are sick with, you know, the flu, the, mm-hmm. all of this. And what I've learned is what I used to do was say, sure, I'll pray for you. Mm-hmm. But they don't know if I pray for them or not. So right. what I've d- done now, and I encourage anybody else to do, is... When you see somebody that has a prayer need and you're on the phone, you're at the grocery store, you're in a restaurant and somebody, you know, has a need and you say you'll pray for them, don't just say you'll pray for them. Pray for them right then. Just say, do it Can right I there. pray for you yes. right now? I'm going to pray for you on the phone. So yes. then they know they've been prayed for. And that's powerful. It is, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I'll say this on, on Facebook. Somebody said, "Pray for me. I, this is happening." And I, you know, people put the little emoji with the praying Pray hands, hands and all uh-huh. this stuff. And I have to, I have to, before I put an emoji down or I say yes, I'll pray for you. You I do it. Co- I commit to that prayer. Prayer. And uh, mm-hmm. it's not just something you do because it looks good on Facebook, right? That, that well, that's true. That's true. I, I really. I think it's so important, Jim, to put our faith in action like mm-hmm. that and not just use empty words. And as she was saying, Marlene was saying, just using the Lord as a, as a gimme, gimme, gimme list. You know, <laughs> genie, rub the you, magic and, genie lamp. And you think, uh, and what he's really desiring is a relationship with right. us. And a good uh, anal- analogy of that is husbands 
do that with your wife. Honey, give me this. Honey, give me that. Give me that. And don't ever talk to her. Just ask her that for one day and see what the next day is going to be like. Even if you get through the next day, it isn't going to be very fun. (laughs) That's a brutal analogy, Jim. (laughs) But but it really gives us a picture, absolutely, um, that our Father wants a relationship with us. So as we talk about prayer, Jim, you are organizing an amazing Governor's Prayer Breakfast that is going to happen on May the 1st, 6.30 a.m. at Kalahari Resort, mm-hmm. um, the beautiful Kalahari Resort in one of their beautiful ballrooms there. Tell us, for those who have never attended the prayer breakfast, what happens there? What is it? <laughs> well, it's a bright and early awakening. It is. And, uh We'll have uh, four tables, probably over 40 uh, military will be there. Uh, We'll have businessmen. We'll have families. We'll have uh, government officials there. The governor will be there. We uh, We have like seven people that will be praying for the seven powers of prayer. That is the family, the uh, government, business, uh, let me think. uh, Churches. Churches. Education. Education, police, military. Mm -hmm. And I think that's it. Media, maybe. And media. And media. Yeah, those Mm -hmm. seven. And we'll have a person from each one of those areas that will be praying. So the the governor will be sharing for about 15 minutes with us awesome. and he's always encouraging yes. and then we'll have uh for about 30 i think 35 minutes we've given nick Wojciech, we've given him the opportunity to share with us and he'll have his own table set up out there and he'll be walking all up and down that table and he's just a real encouragement and he's been having lots of videos on Facebook just small vignettes about uh, does God love me is the Bible true just little bitty deals like that that are just so mm-hmm. you know really catch your heart but he is really going to be good he is going to be good we will have uh, we will have three songs and they will really bless your heart we will eat and we will do lots of praying so and then after that then we're dismissed now, this, <laughs> oh just after those mirror yeah, items yes till about nine fifteen, if we can get out earlier than that we will but we like to have that just in case as a buffer but this this breakfast that we do is basically if you come to that and you go to one of the other events around your area basically this is kind of a an example of what you can do in your area same exact thing you can have some music you can have people lined up to pray for those things you can have somebody speak to them about prayer you know it's just uh, uh an example of what they can do in their area so they can go back and the fourth they can go organize them one or start working on it for the next year of organizing their own prayer event in in their community mm-hmm. and we like to uh this one we can't very well, but we like to get most of the people that have events, if all possible, to have them outside because it is so exciting to see an event going on outside where people are driving by and they're seeing people praying at the police station, at the government, wherever, at the Capitol, wherever they're at. People are driving by and and they're realizing, hey, what's going on there? They're praying. Oh, wow. You know, Mm -hmm. and that's what it's all about. It's getting people praying for our nation. And just like Jeremy's story Mm -hmm. was saying, we need lots of prayer. He needs (laughs) lots of prayer. Our kids need lots of prayer. Our schools need lots of prayer. Our government needs lots of prayer. We need. That's the one thing that we can all be doing. Is praying. Just pray, pray, pray. And I would add to that that it's an amazing event. 
regardless of your background. I mean, oh, yes. the speakers are going to be outstanding, and mm-hmm. we've had Nick on the radio show. What yes, people Nick. may not know, because you said he was be walking around. Well, mm-hmm. Nick is is no a, hands has no, no hands, no, le- no actually no arms, no, arms, no yes. hands, no legs, and yes. no legs. So he'll be moving around, yes. moving around. But he is the most um, engaging and uh, knowledgeable person about the Lord, he's, you're going to love him. And, um, of course, the governor is also a paraplegic, so um, it's going to be a very, very special event, and you'll meet so many people that love the Lord. So do come. And how do they get a ticket? Could you tell them how they get a ticket? We have, we're filling up quick. So if you are deciding that you would like to come as an individual or two or three, or if you'd still like to buy a table and invite your friends, we still have a few tables left and a few tables for individuals. So the place that you go is ndpaustin.org. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me, that's National Day of Prayer, NDP, mm-hmm. Austin.org. And you can just click on a uh, one seat, uh, a table, or whatever, and go through the process and put your credit card, and you're there. And the week before, anybody that has registered online, we will take their email and we will send them their table number that they will be sitting at. Oh, wonderful. So that makes registration. When you come in, you just go right into your table. You know what table it is. Go in there, have a seat. And when you're seated, they start serving you. So you can start eating the breakfast, which is really good. It is always good. Um, I, I'm so excited about this year. I just think it's going to be such an encouragement for all of us. You know, last year was David Barton, and he mm-hmm. brought uh, just an amazing, basically an American history lesson, right? He's so knowledgeable about our founding fathers. Um, and Marlene, you've read extensively. Uh, you have the big, thick, the big, thick David Barton book. Um, and the year before that was Ann Graham Lotz. Mm-hmm. And um, just uh, what an encouragement. We did have Nick on our program a few weeks ago. And, friends, this is Nick Vujicic, um, B-U-J-I-C-I-C. And, we literally um, had to practice that. We did. I practiced <laughs> over and over again. Oh, and um, he his website is Life Without Limbs. And dot org. And you can easily find that life without limbs. It's such an encouragement Um, when you see videos of Nick and his powerful way of speaking. You're going to be encouraged. Uh, He has no fear. He has no trepidation. He is larger than life, and so I'm super excited about that. I'm glad to hear that the governor is um, is is on board. Of course, Marlene, did you, were you about to say oh, something? I was just, <laughs> just going to say that Nick's um, sort of life motto is: you can pray for a miracle, or you can be a miracle. Mm-hmm. And Nick is certainly a miracle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to Absolutely. see him surfing or swimming. That is, it's it's like if you can't swim and you see him swimming and surfing, it's like, okay. why can't I? Why can't I he do is, that? He yeah. is hope to anybody. Yes. And that's the that's the thing that he brings is hope and hope in Jesus. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, okay, so just a few spots left. NDPAustin.org. Um, so grab your grab your friends and and get on over to NDP NDPAustin.org so that you can catch your catch your tickets there. Jim, can you take us back to what what are the origins of National Day of Prayer? Well, it uh, it started way back. And way got, back. Uh, Did, was it a nat- It was a proclamation. Yes, it was. Uh huh. Uh, which president? It was. Uh, let me see if I got. Jim, I I there. caught Jim off guard. Sorry about that, Jim. <laughs> we didn't go in order. <laughs> I know we didn't. I know. I know. Well, it was. Uh, Trying to think of the date on that. Um. But this is a national day, and every president has recognized this first Thursday in May since the proclamation as the National Day of Prayer. Right. And there are um, 
events that go on up in D.C. for National Day of Prayer all over the country. So um, sorry to catch you off guard about that, Jim. Um, But, you know, here in Texas, here in our community, Marlene, Mm -hmm. we have so much going on. And after our break, we are going to get to that. But we just can't impress upon you enough to get in Involved with what is going on in your community. Get involved with this National Day of Prayer. It's Kalahari Resort. I mean, if you want to take your kids out of school for the day and just make a day of it, you can come to the prayer breakfast in the morning, and then you can take your kids to the water park. It's even better than that. Wow, it's better than you that. You can come all day Sunday for the water park. Yeah. And then get your hotel that at four. Go into your hotel, finish up the evening, get up that morning, go to breakfast, check out, and you have the rest of the day at the water park nice. with your kids. So that's two full days. Isn't that fun? And that's I so did fun. find my stuff. Okay, good. It was uh, a, Ju- a Judeo-Christian expression of the National Day of Prayer was established in 1952 okay. by a joint resolution of the United States Congress and signed into law by Harry S. Truman. Ah. The United States was born in prayer, founded on a relationship with God while instituting its biblical principles and moral values. And then I think the uh, the first day of Thursday was designated uh, as a national day of prayer. And that, I believe, was by uh, Ronald Reagan. Oh, okay. He's the one that actually brought that into law as a, a day of prayer for our nation. Nice. Nice. Good old Reagan. I mean, there's so many things that, that he's done. So 1952. Wow. This is, um, and I, I think it's so important for our nation right now with the state of our nation just mm-hmm. <laughs> um, every day. Things are in turmoil. We see strife all around us, and it's just a phenomenal reminder that prayer does matter. Friends, when we return to Love Talk, we're going to have more with Jim McGee. We're going to tell you where to find what's going on in your community for National Day of Prayer, and we'll keep discussing it um, at the Governor's Prayer Breakfast and National Day of Prayer when we return to Love Talk right after this. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Love Talk. You're here with Coach Carrie and Marlene and our good friend Jim McGee. We are so grateful that you are here with us today. I hope that you realize there's a reason that you're here, friends. Um, we love you, and we're here every week. Um, we're trying to bring joy and glorify God in all that we do and say on this program and we're grateful that you're joining us. We do have a podcast, so if you have missed episodes of The Love Ladies, you can just download us now. Um, Love Talk. Just go to your favorite place to listen to podcasts, and our podcast is all one word, Love Talk. You'll find our beautiful, shiny faces right there, Carrie, Kathleen, and Marlene, and you can just download our, our episodes. You know, Marlene, when I'm at the house... I just click download because I'm on the Wi-Fi, right? And then uh, they're saved in my downloads list for my podcast. And then when I'm on a walk or I'm in my car or wherever, I can just turn on my podcasts um, and listen to the Love Ladies again or turn on some of the other podcasts of some of our amazing guests that we've had Mm -hmm. on as well. Um, You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook, Love Talk Radio. and you can go find, to our website. Go to our website, Love Talk Network, um, and you can find our archives there as well. So there are plenty of ways to find the Love Ladies. We're grateful that Jim McGee is here today. He is coordinating the Governor's Prayer Breakfast for the National Day of Prayer, and he's got a lot on his plate. Um, Marlene, what if I can't attend the Governor's Prayer Breakfast? Well, then I would encourage you to go to the state capitol on May 4th, which is the actual uh, day, National Day of Prayer. And I believe it starts at 
11.30? No, it starts at 12 noon. 12, 12 noon in right the rotunda in the at the Capitol. And if you've never heard singing and all of those things in the rotunda, it's it's uh, amazing. The yes. sound echo and just the beauty of it. And there's free parking in the garage. That is correct. There's a visitor's parking garage just one block east of the Capitol. And so you can park there for free and go into the rotunda and you'll see the crowd, and it will be a beautiful service of prayer and, I mm-hmm. believe, some music as well. It will be, and um, I am so blessed. I'll be praying for media that day at the Capitol. I'm so thankful for that opportunity. And, um, you know, it really is a special time. I've, I've been to this event several times, and it's it's just awesome. Um, you'll probably run into uh, some of your elected officials there yeah. at the Capitol um, that will be joining us that day. And it, it's about an hour. We do. It's we one about hour. an hour, 12 yeah. to 1. They're right there in the rotunda. And that is on Thursday, May the 4th at 12 noon, right there in the rotunda at the Texas And they'll probably Capitol. be probably close to 400 people, maybe more there. So it'll be a fairly good crowd. Well, and it is. We are in legislative session, so yes. you'll also have a lot of uh, people from all over the state there. That's right. So um, I think it's a good time to come. Yes. It's a great time to come. Get there early. Park in the parking garage. It, it really is pretty easy to to get down there and park in that parking garage and then to just walk a block down, yeah. down, down the road. And um, then afterwards... You can go see your representative hey! and talk to him. <laughs> That's right. That's absolutely right. Um, okay, so Marlene, if we don't, if we are trying to find where to, to to go in our area, I live in Cedar Park. I live in Georgetown. I live in Round Rock. Leander, how do we find events in our area? I would suggest Googling and going to National Day of Prayer, mm-hmm. and then cl- click on the event. Uh, Icon tab, yeah. National, National Day of Prayer Task Force. Task Force. Okay. That'll get you, and then events, and it'll then you can pick which state you want, and then it'll list every event that day. It's occurring. You, and you might th- want to do it before that day because yeah. a lot of them are breakfasts, uh, and you might miss it. Yeah. <laughs> you need to plan ahead. Yeah. Plan ahead. And and uh, you can also enter just your zip code, and you can find something fairly close to you. Yes. But uh, I know you, Jim. You said there were what, sixteen events in the Austin area. Pretty close. And to find them, you just go to NDP Austin National Day of Prayer Austin dot org and hit events. And then as you go down there, it shows about five of them, and you hit more events and it shows the next five and then more events in the next five so (laughs) keep hitting more events so you can see all of them you know um for instance in burnett uh national day of prayer at seven o'clock a.m at the burnett county courthouse there um right smack dab in the middle of burnett there's going to be a prayer event at seven a.m um of course the capital of texas prayer event at the rotunda at noon um in bastrop we've got the observance of the national day of prayer there at the gazebo on the county courthouse lawn at noon um in Leander, you're going to have an event at the police department, and it nice. starts at 6.30 in the morning and goes to 8. It's a breakfast, but it's also National Day of Prayer. Of course, God's food will be served at that pr- at that <laughs> breakfast, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. I mean, there's no calories in God's food. <laughs> okay, so that one's in Leander, Marlene. Yes. Yes, at the Leander Police Station. There's one in Georgetown at Sun City. Um, nice. And uh, I believe that's at the uh, church facility there, but I don't have the um, – oh, it's at the worship place. Yes, yeah. it is. And it starts at 10 a.m., goes to 11, a, 11 a.m. There's one um, at Brushy Creek. Um, that's a new one this year. That, oh, okay. First time to ever Excellent. have it there. Good. That is at a pavilion at yes. Cat Hollow Park, uh, and it starts at noon on uh, May 4th. Um, there's one at the Texas Baptist Children's Home in Round Rock Aww. that starts at noon. Yay! And that's in their chapel. Okay, awesome. Um, there's a, there's there's two and events li- in Cedar Park. Cedar Park, yeah, has mm-hmm. uh, one at the noon at the uh, police station there. Awesome. And then they have another one, I think, in the evening as well. At the evening, as it's called Citywide Prayer Meeting. 
I love that at City Reach Church, um, and that's going to be at seven o'clock in Georgetown. There's one at Crestview Baptist Church. Now, before I was really involved with National Day of Prayer and and was just kind of dipping my toe in all of this, I remember when one National Day of Prayer. This was years ago. I was on Williams Drive there in Georgetown. It's a very busy street in Georgetown. I was passing by Crestview Baptist. And I look out on the lawn, like you were saying, Jim, and I look out on that lawn and I saw hundreds of people praying together, heads bowed, just it, it, it shook me. It really affected me and it was so beautiful. Um, so, well, and that event this year at Crestview is 630 to 730 and it will be an outdoor event. They say bring your lawn chairs or your blanket. Mm-hmm. So, um, Join them. Join them. So National Day of Prayer Task org. You can go there or, or National Day of Prayer. Click on events. Type in your zip code and you'll be able to find what's going on around you in the area. Um, so get out of the house and yes. go somewhere and pray with some other people. You know, it. It does something for our souls when we pray in our homes by ourselves. Mm-hmm. But it really can impact our lives in just a dramatic way when we pray in community. It's it's moving, and it's you're right. It's life-changing. It's life-changing. So join us on May 1st at the Governor's Prayer Breakfast. Find an event in your community on May the 4th where you can go and be with other people. I'm so excited about the Governor's Prayer Breakfast. Um, And don't forget the Capitol. Yes, May May 4th at noon. May the Capitol. Yes, Yes, of course. I'll, I'll, I'll be there. I will be there, too. All right. Um, Jim, thank you so much for joining us. It's always so great to see you. We appreciate the work that you've done. Thank you. Thank you so much. I know this is such a... A beautiful thing. You just act like it's no big deal. And I know behind the scenes there are... There are screaming. Pe- I know. <laughs> pedaling real fast. You are. <laughs> thank you, Jim. You're thank welcome. you for what you do. Um, amazing. And I want to thank all the people. I've, this year I've had probably 20, 25 people that are helping with different areas. Oh, and so the awesome, help Jim. is really helped me to take a load off but because before i mean i did it all i mean everything and now uh i'm getting some help and so it's exciting to see people wanting to be a part and taking ownership with it with me that's wonderful that's wonderful excellent listening friends we love you we are so thankful that you join us on love talk again you can find us on your favorite podcast you can find us on facebook and on instagram we pray that you have an amazing week and please contact us we'd love to hear from you for my beautiful co-host marlene mcmichael i'm coach carrie brinkader we'll see you next time right here on love talk